0: I think then that this is good in view of the the present distress, that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be released. Are you released from a wife? Do not seek a wife. Wait, wait, wait. Did you see? What did you just read? Read that again. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be released. Are you released from a wife? Do not seek a wife. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the It Stands Written podcast. My name is Braden. Got Justin again in front of me, continuing in our series on Christian dating. We are on to question four now. So we are asking the question: Are we both focused on eternity? What's the the importance of answering this one?
1: Well, marriage is a temporal relationship, it's time bound. You're not married, Jesus said in Matthew 22, in heaven, mm-hmm. uh, because, well, you're not married to each other. You're married to him. Mm-hmm. He's the groom. We're the bride. We're prepared for him. So all earthly relationships are meant to foreshadow and prepare us for our eternal and heavenly uh, relationship with uh, Christ. Um, this world is passing away. When, when, when Well, you hear this when you go to a wedding, right? If you have a more traditional of uh, vows that are exchanged between the couple, it always ends with, uh, till death do us part. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they understand we part at death. Mm-hmm. When, when one of us lays the other in the arms of Jesus and we are done, our marriage is over. And, uh, so as much as we'd like to be married in heaven and as much as we hope when we get there, God would make an exception for the person that we're married <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah. Um, no, because you, you're, you're betrothed to another mm-hmm. and the consummation of the ages where we as the bride are prepared for our groom. Um, that is what all of this is meant to picture. So marriage is not about how do I reach, uh, I need somebody to reach the buttons I can't button or, or, or scratch those hard to itch places uh, and make me breakfast in the morning hmm. um, and just be a source of companionship. It includes those things, but um, it, it's really about something more eternal and it's got to be connected to the God um, who gave it to you and so there is a way and we can we can make our way uh, back to first Corinthians 7 uh, because that's really where this this takes us are we both focused on eternity and Paul's going to say something here that really is uh, important starting around verse 26 that again is th- this most people don't see it coming And I'll tell you, this is one of those verses like the one about contentment where we're like, what, what Mm -hmm. are you saying? But it has such profound significance with regard to a marriage that's pleasing to God and one that's satisfying to you and less. Why don't you pick it up? First Corinthians seven, verse 26, just go and start reading down to verse
0: 34, if you would. I think then that this is good in view of the, the present distress, that it is good for a man to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be released. Are you released from a wife? Do not seek a wife. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did you see? Did, what did you just read? Read that again. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be released. Are you released from a wife? Do not seek a wife. Do not seek a wife. Somebody's like, I'm turning this podcast off right now. This <laughs> yep. is
1: dumb. This is I might, stupid. I might turn it off. I'm done. Right, right. Yeah. Except it's the Bible in the Apostle Paul, right? Yeah. Yep. So he's gonna give us some shocking language, or at least it's it's shocking to us. Mm-hmm. And the degree to which it's shocking just reflects how disconnected or dis um, enfranchised we are from God's design here. So, so okay, if you're not married, don't seek a wife. Just let that sit for a second. Okay, keep reading. But if you marry, you have not sinned. Okay, that's an important relief for the people who yes. are just sitting there under <laughs> yeah. the tension of that. No, shoot. Uh, now, if you married, you've not sinned. Yeah. So he's not forbidding marriage. Let's just yeah. be super clear, yeah. right? First, uh, Timothy 4 says, you have people that forbid marriage, they're false teachers. Yeah. Okay, now, if you've not married,
0: if you've married, you've not sinned, keep going. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. Yes, such will have trouble in this life, and I am trying to spare you. But this I say, brethren, the time has been shortened, so that from now on those who have wives should be as though they had none, and those who weep as though they did not weep, and those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice, and those who buy as though they did not possess, and those who use the world as though they did not make full use of it, for the form of this world is passing away. Okay, all right. did, did you did you see what you just read?
1: Those verse twenty nine, who have wives, should be as though they had none. None. Yeah. <laughs> Don't seek a wife if you're married. You should act as if you're not. <laughs> okay, this is like outer space. Yeah. Or this is God's perfect design, asking you to consider you might something you might not have thought about. Keep mm-hmm. going, verse thirty two, uh,
0: through. Um, 34. But I want you to be free from concern. One who is unmarried is concerned about the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But one who is married is concerned about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. And his interests are divided. The woman who is unmarried and the virgin is concerned about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and spirit. But one who is married is concerned about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. Okay, so, so there's several
1: things going on here, right? Now, Paul is not denigrating marriage. He's not forbidding marriage. And by the way, he's not saying, those of you who have wives, um, uh, just act divorced. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not what he's saying. Act single. Uh, because earlier in the chapter, he says, fulfill your duty. You know, press in. There's something wonderful about this. But four different times, look at it verse 26. He says, there is a present distress. Now, you might know this uh, Corinth was plagued by natural disasters. That's a common thing that historians note. Um, But we live in a fallen world. There are ongoing constant things that everybody faces that are just hard anyway. Mm -hmm. If you add marriage, you're adding some layers to that of complexity. Mm -hmm. In verse 28, you're going to have trouble in this life. So again, there's a a challenge that marriage brings that you want to factor in before you decide to get married. He says in verse 33, as a couple, you're going to be concerned about the things of the world. But the examples he gives aren't sinful things. Mm -hmm. They're earthly things. Uh, and in verse 34, he says, it's going to be a challenge because your interests are going to be divided. You're going to be concerned. How do I please the Lord? But you're also going to be concerned with how do I please my spouse and the potential to pull you away from God, what you want, what he wants you to focus on from an eternal perspective mm-hmm. is going to get harder. Mm-hmm. So it's not that it's impossible. It's just harder. When you add marriage, it's difficult enough in your own sanctification in your own growth and in a fallen world, yeah. all of that. Um, But you multiply the complexity by adding a spouse. And then when you add kids, how many kids do you want to add? Well, you're multiplying complexity and difficulty there too. Mm -hmm. So Paul's not saying it's wrong. In fact, he's made clear if you do it, you've not sinned. And if you let your virgin daughter do it, you haven't sinned and she hasn't sinned. But I'm trying to speak. Bear you. So Paul says, Hey, before you traips into marriage, you might want to think about the challenges that are in front of you, mm-hmm. not just from a difficult in this world sense, but notice what he says. Go back to the text from an eternal sense. Watch this. He says in verse
0: 29, key phrase. Go ahead, read it. But this I say, brethren, the time has been shortened, so that from now on those who have wives should be. As though they had none. Wait, 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 wait. The time has been shortened? Ah, this is such
1: a key to us understanding this. There is something about the amount of time we have left that's not only short anyway, but God's made it shorter. Hmm. The end is coming, and marriage is a time-bound relationship. You have in marriage a series of earthly priorities, not wrong priorities, earthly priorities Mm -hmm. that could keep you from an eternal impact. How do I know he's saying that? Because he not only lists marriage, he says, but the things you weep over in verse 30, don't weep over them. The things you rejoice over in verse 30, don't rejoice over them. The things that you would normally buy as you go in and out of business, those things are all dramatically affected by the fact, verse 31, that when you make use of this world, you should not make full use of this world because the form of this world is passing away. There is something about the fact that you are in the dressing room for eternity. Time is almost gone. Either Jesus is going to come to fulfill his promise as... Catalogically, or your life, which is a blip on the radar, a a dash between a couple of numbers, the hot steam off a cup of coffee, your life being that short, you have so little time to make a difference for eternity. If you now, made for eternity, are going to have so little time and there's so much complexity and there's so much challenges and there's so many difficulties, you're going to add more earthly concerns and burdens to an already bent and straining time sensitive. Like, what are you doing mm. now? He's not forbidding marriage. Again, we underline that, but I think this is what he's saying. And this is a beautiful principle. I shouldn't get married to that person unless I am more effective for eternity than apart. Mm. And if getting married locks me into this time bound, complicated, earth focused, non-eternal priorities, it's a mistake. So getting married could actually take you off of what God wants you to do to impact eternity. Hmm. This is why you said in a previous podcast, and it's great to underline now, is that, that if you're serving in ministry and working with somebody in ministry, like if you don't know how they function in ministry, you don't need to be dating them, or, or, or at least you don't need to be marrying them until you know how they function. Like, how do you, how do you serve in the church? Like if I see someone who has no commitment whatsoever to a local church mm-hmm. and all their priorities are, are earthbound, well, Sundays, football, Sundays, um, you know, family day, Sundays, uh, you know, we can't go cause we, we go to the cabin on the weekends or we, you know, we're going to be in Disneyland and I can't possibly give myself all these things that we do. Like if you are earthbound as a single, you know what you're going to be to your spouse who's trying to make an eternal difference. You're going to be a hindrance. Yeah. You're going to keep that person from maximizing their eternal impact. And so if I, if I see somebody who, as a single, is giving themselves away for the cause of Christ, the last thing I want to do is hinder them. If marrying them allows us to do that better mm-hmm. and with greater force and joy and glory to God, do it. Mm-hmm. If we're actually keeping each other from what we would have been otherwise doing for the Lord, uh, then we're making actually a mistake here in advancing. So, so the picture is, are we more impactful for eternity? Mm -hmm. And you got to have to some ways to measure that. What comes to mind as you think about ways to measure that? What are some ways that you can gauge? I mentioned a couple here, like, okay, so we're, we're
0: involved in ministry. Yeah. Okay. So like, what are some more specific things? Um, I think just other close personal relationships that you have, like you're, as guys like your guy friends, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, as if you get married, you know, you might have less time for your guy friends because your wife is your priority. That's true. But if all of your time is spent with your wife and you're just forsaking your friends, Mm -hmm. then that's distracting you from a brother that the Lord has placed into your life. Yeah. Pour into. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And Jana's great with that. She will free me up to go function in the ministry with the gifts that God has given to me. And she, she knows my gifts, she wants to support me in that. I know her gifts, I wanna support her. Mm-hmm. And so there's a way that I can actually free her up to do that more and better, and she does that for me. Yeah. But then when we do it together, there's great synergy as well, because mm-hmm. that that we, we support and help one another in what's eternal. Mm. Now, when you add kids, what do you add? You add, I'm standing in line at 2 a.m. for formula because we're out uh, endless piles of laundry uh, you know, you add a dog to the mix. We got a dog now. Mm-hmm. I love him, but uh, man, I can't go very far. Who's going to let out the dog? Who's going to feed the dog? Who's yeah. going to watch the dog? Who's, yeah. Like, I, I have to say no to certain things mm-hmm. that God has put in front of me because of a dog. So, you know, or because of a kid and, and, and so again, my, my, if I'm, if I'm married and I have a family, let me, let me make sure that I don't misspeak here. My family is my most important ministry. Yeah. So if I'm going to choose to have a family, I'm going to minimize the impact outside of my family. But that's not a bad thing, mm-hmm. but you have to be realistic. Whatever I'm saying yes to, I'm saying no to something else. Mm-hmm. So what am I saying no to? And if what I'm saying no to is an eternal priority, it's a it's the wrong direction, yeah. it's the wrong thing. Doesn't mean you say yes to every possible thing you could ever do, mm-hmm. but the the, the the bigger issue here is you're gonna have added challenges and divided interests and it's gonna be harder to remain focused on heavenly priorities. So Paul argues that if you're going to enter into marriage, you ought to have the mindset that the time is short. Mm -hmm. So I live with urgency, Mm -hmm. eternal urgency. But what else? What else comes to
0: mind as you think about uh, that? I think another one on top of kind of goes in with ministry, but like missions. There's Mm -hmm. definitely people that, you know, gifts of singleness, not getting married, not pursuing that. And they they go and do missions. Mm -hmm. And if that's where your heart is, that's where the Lord's calling you and you're pursuing a marriage, then... That marriage is something you need to say no to. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, you could have that you could do missions better with a wife. If you're able to yeah. go and do missions with a wife and serve the Lord that way, then, you know, praise God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that that's, that's
1: a great example. What, what common calling has God given to us? What things are we both committed to? Is it just, you're going to do your thing and I'll go, yeah, you can do that. And I'll do my thing and yeah, just don't get in the way of that. That's mm-hmm. not it. Mm-hmm but there there's a united joy because the two become one yeah so you're absorbing that into one another and and this is why and I've seen guys make this mistake. You talk about missions where it's like, well, hey, you know, our missions board really believes you should be married um, to uh, before you go on the mission field because, you know, voice temptation, you need a helper, you need a domesticated partner. Yeah. And um, so what ends up happening is you go to the mission field. We're not one. Our ministry is a wreck because our marriage is a wreck because we have no idea to do this. And, you know, what we're doing we're coming home from the mission field. I can't tell you the number of people. In the course of my ministry, I've seen that. Mm. or people, we've even pulled off the mission field because their marriage is such a wreck. Right. And the, the ministry is suffering because of that. Yeah. Paul even mentioned this in First Corinthians 9. He says, you have a right to take along a believing wife when you do that. She should right. be your partner in ministry. But of course, Paul, who doesn't have all the, the, the challenges of a mortgage payment and uh, decorating his house mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, doing all his laundry. Like, Paul is as versatile as and nimble, and uh, he can go hungry on his own. But if he's got five kids with mouths to feed, he can't. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to step away from ministry to do this earthly thing that's going to end so that I can give my kids food, which they absolutely need for their life, but they're going to be hungry three hours later. So there's this never-ending stream of, Mm -hmm. of things I'm saying yes to, now, all those are great things. I have five kids, so I'm I'm all in on that, you know? Yeah. Um, but you're going to go on dates with your spouse, and, and you want that to be a, a proactive and enriching time. Um, but you're going to use that if you have an eternal mindset for how do we strengthen one another so that we go back into ministry, we're stronger, or how do we even use this moment as a light to the people watching? Mm. Uh, We could take a nice vacation to our favorite secluded spot, but we could take our Bible and our songbook and our hymnal and our calendar so we come back ready to meet the challenging demands of of what we face. Mm -hmm. Now, we can have people into our home and you're going to decorate that. That's great. But use your home then for the edification of the saints or for evangelism. Right? You know, you, you can go to spend an evening and dinner and bear one another's burdens and talk about where where you're concerned or take your kids to the sports practices, but on the way, turn off the radio and, and talk. You know, stand in line at Walmart at 2 a.m. and, and buy formula because that's the only place really open at 2 a.m. Yeah. And while you're standing there, pray for your children and use that moment. See, you can redeem, Ephesians 5 says, every single moment yeah. that you have. Yeah. You're folding laundry, pray for the kids whose socks you're folding. Yeah, uh, and, and, and use that as a moment to impact eternity. Uh, tuck your children in at night, but make it enjoyable instead of, you know, now I lay me down to sleep. Worst bedtime prayer ever, right? Uh, like, like, pray the Lord your soul to keep. <laughs> Who says that to a kid before they're going to sleep? If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take.
0: <laughs> Kid's going to have nightmares. Not, he's you. not going to fall asleep.
1: I tucked in my youngest the other night and uh, I, I told her the story of the book of Philemon. Now, you've been through the book of Philemon re- recently? Not super recently, no. No, yeah. So I, and she's like, Philemon, who's that? Yeah. Day? And I told her the story of a guy who had authority over somebody to oppress them but was urged out of the love of Christ for the sake of the gospel not to and somebody else who unsaved did something so illegal they could be killed for it. And at great risk, in order to make that right and be reconciled, decided to go back and take whatever consequences necessary because it was pleasing to the Lord. And the two of them, though they were very different in many respects, and one had the authority over another, and the other one could totally get away from those consequences because it was pleasing to God, decided to do what's right, to walk in forgiveness and love and uh, much better than Mary Had a Little Lamb. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you start thinking about those little moments you know, that you have to buy up where you're imparting spiritual truth in the mm-hmm. life of somebody who will impact somebody who will impact somebody. Yeah. So that's not, that's not time focused. I have a very limited amount of time in that case to make a very definitive impact on that person. Mm-hmm. Now the impact with the fewer people, like my family, is gonna be deeper. So I will impact, by tucking my daughter in at night, uh, more powerfully, her through the book of Philemon than if I stood in the pulpit and preached it, Hmm. Um, because now we have a a reference point in our home where we're relying on that truth again and again and again. So, so I, you know, there, there's so many ways you can go in this, but, but John Piper, if he was in this podcast and maybe we'll invite him one day, we decide (laughs) to let him on or not. Yeah. Um, He would say, don't waste your marriage. Your marriage has an opportunity to impact eternity and you are more effective or not with the person you're considering for that. And -hmm. the question is, is when your marriage is over, what will be the lasting effect of having been married? Will it be greater fruit, more people in heaven, uh, greater sanctification, both of you more in love with Jesus, more people affected by your gifts in his kingdom for the glory of God, or we went to soccer practice. We, 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 We went to all the Disney's in the world. Okay, I guess you can do that yeah. if you want to. Yeah, I, I know where I want my heart to be, and I know what the apostle Paul said. He said the form of this world is passing away, and so if you really feel that your marriage will feel it first, verse twenty nine, what you you won't cry over things that you would cry over. Mm-hmm. If you knew that Jesus was coming at the end of this year, what would you do? Hopefully the same thing you're doing right now. Yeah, yeah, nothing should change. If I would change everything, I need to change everything right now. Mm -hmm. Um, What I buy, what I use, what I say yes to, what I say no to. So maybe a practical takeaway would be to ask this. If you're a couple who's listening to this, ask one another, number one, what ministry can we be involved with together where we can see our ministry capacity, know our gifts, and use those gifts and to see whether or not we are more effective for eternity mm-hmm. together than apart. I think another conversation would be what are our necessary no's and essential yeses? Mm-hmm. This is always a yes, this is always a no, because if I say yes to that, I'm saying no to that. Mm-hmm. So what are the things I need to give myself to to prioritize kingdom? And you know what, you're gonna be tired a lot? I'm tired a lot. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be pulled in a million different directions. Yeah, uh, That's okay. Yeah. I think the Apostle Paul lived his life in such a way he didn't have a thought for retirement. Mm-hmm. He didn't have a thought for comfort. He laid his life down. And, and probably when he laid his head down on the chopping block to get it cut off is probably the first time he laid his head down in a long time. Yeah, um, I, I, I would rather go out that way. What's the guy who said I'd rather burn out than rust out? Well, I'd rather do neither. But yeah, If um, I had, to, had, to, pick, if right I had to pick, I'd rather be a comet. Jack yeah. London said, Every atom of me in magnificent glow than a permanent planet that's sleepy and
0: stifled by dry rot. Mm. I want to live, not exist. Yeah. For the kingdom of the glory of God. Yeah. I would say to your comment, what John Piper would say don't waste your marriage. I would say the opposite. Don't waste your singleness. Mm. For those of you listening now, good word. You are single. Don't waste it. This is a time to prepare for your wife. We were at that, the men's event that we were at last year, mm-hmm. I asked the question, what's the best way that I can prepare for my future wife mm-hmm. if the Lord gives me one? And the, the, the speaker, he said, focus on your relationship with Jesus. Mm. That is the best way you right. can prepare for that. If you learn to love the Lord and you just are closer and closer to him, have that fellowship with him, then as we said before, then you can love your wife the right way. Amen. Well, listeners, thank you for joining us on this episode of the It Stands Written podcast and Lord willing, we will see you on the next one.